Welcome back to Screenfish Radio and happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Uh, it, I never expected for a holiday spectacular for this to be the film we're covering, but it is our holiday spectacular this year. Um, and we're talking about Godzilla Minus One, and I am really excited to chat about this one. And I am so, uh, so thrilled to have back a couple of uh, good friends to the show, Kirk Haviland and Ben Dower. Welcome, gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Anytime, anytime. I'm so glad you're here. Godzilla Minus One is set in 1945 near the end of World War II when a kamikaze pilot, Koichi Shikishima, lands on a Japanese base in Odo Island. Lead mechanic Tachibana deduces that Shikishima has fled from his duty by feigning technical issues. But that night, Godzilla, a dinosaur-like creature, attacks, and Shikishima cannot bring himself to shoot the monster from his plane and is knocked unconscious. From there, the nation of Japan works tirelessly to prevent the beast from destroying millions of lives, and Shikishima must race to action to be part of the cause. As always, this podcast is rated S for spoilers. Um, and gentlemen, I would love to hear from you what you thought of Godzilla Minus One. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I finally got a chance to catch up with it, and I was in awe for all two hours and five minutes of its runtime. Uh, it's perfectly paced it's just a magnetic performances and it's just so well conceived i mean it really is i mean there's right now there's a uh massive and what i think well-deserved push to uh get this out there for award season and get people nominating it for stuff so it's just shortlisted for visual effects i think for the oscars this year this week so as we're talking about this so yeah, it's it's fantastic, and it's it's a lot more than your typical kaiju film. Yeah, I really loved it. I've been watching Godzilla movies since I was little, and in many ways, this is the Godzilla movie I wanted to see. It's an update of the original premise with modern technology. Um, and yeah, it was just great. It was fantastic on every level. It It, it is insane to me that a film like this and I, i've you know i'm i'm not as well versed in the kaiju world as both of you are we know this um but it is insane to me how well executed this film is and what a great film it is it's mm -hmm. not a great godzilla film i mean it is but it's not it's not a great kaiju film it's a great film like, yep. this is one I can feel like I can recommend to any action fan. And you well, I don't really like Godzilla. And it doesn't matter. Well, uh, the, the, the thing is with this film as well is, is it, it takes a, it takes a um, cultural touchstone, setting it right after the war. Um, and you're dealing with um, a, I don't know if failed is the right word, but a failed uh, kamikaze pilot who didn't honor his duty, which was a very, I mean, obviously it's a, it's a, it's a touchstone in Japanese history because it, it was, it was such a polarizing subject when people came back from the war after they lost and other people were like, well, why didn't you die for the cause? I mean, it's, it, it, it's a, it's a very polarizing subject and it took a lot, many, many, many years for this to be, you know, something that a lot of citizens were um, able to move past. And 
you take that very grounded, very real story and you put it into a world, you know, as fantastical as a Godzilla film, but it, it just kind of grounds everything. And I think the other thing about which I really enjoyed and I really loved is because you're taking it back to that time frame. The film isn't in black and white, but it very well could be. It's, it's being re-released that, in black and white. It is going to be released. Yes, yeah. I heard that. In, J- in Japan, in a, like three weeks, I think it is, that yeah. they're releasing it in a black, in an all black and white version. But the film already feels like it could be in black and white. You know what I mean? Because it's all yeah. all the muted tones and they kind of, it's the way that they frame it and the way that they've shot it. It, it, it has that feel already. So I, I think it's, I imagine it's going to be glorious if they put it when they, yeah. when they do make a black and white version, but that, that with, and with the subject matter, it takes it so much back. Like it, and the way that it connects to the, the original, original Godzilla is so effortlessly too. I mean, I love the fact that they actually just use the original fanfare. It's not an updated version of the original fanfare it's not one of these other new versions that and the way that they changed it in the 70s and the 80s and into the 2000s godzilla films that the, the the theme has evolved but the original original film and that specific fanfare showing up at specific times in this film just it all just kind of was a perfect perfectly blended plus we can get into it a little bit but i think this is one of the most effective creature designs for godzilla i think in any godzilla film it's just a brilliant design yep second (laughs) okay Okay. do we have a question or i thought you were going to respond what am i supposed to say hold on and then you coughed okay you don't have to (laughs) okay yeah no i can yeah no i agree with the creature design um the heisei godzilla series is my favorite and this looks like a very nice update of that specific design. Yep. And so it was nice to see, you know, for me anyway, being sort of growing up in the 90s. That that's a return home in a way. Yeah, cuz we are the we're not the well, I'm not the original generation of Godzilla fans. I'm the one who's the the Heisei era was was my my Godzilla era. Yep. So it is it is in a way a touch to the nostalgia that I grew up with but also going back to the roots of the original film. I mean, it, it took it took kind of the it did take kind of the body shape uh, more. It was more of the body shape, like the overall shape of, mm-hmm. say, closer to the original films yeah. from the from like the original 54 to yeah. the stuff in the 60s. But the, the way that the scales were done and the way yeah. that he, he engages to actually let out his blast is very much taken from the Heisei era and it, it's just yeah it, and I love the fact that you actually have the the shots where his his he actually engages the spikes so it kind of gives yeah. it's kind of almost like a ticking time bomb so once you see yeah you see them going up it's like this internal yeah. countdown that you already you know what I mean it just it yeah yeah really effective at building up the tension yeah, it's kind of funny because in the original film, they just kind of light up and then the fire goes out. And over the years, they've developed it into this thing that that could be used for, you know, as a narrative device or whatever. Like like now, when when we see a Godzilla movie, like um, 
as soon as you see them light up, we, the audience know what's coming, but yep. the characters don't always know. Yeah. And so there's That's a bit true. of, I guess you call that dramatic irony, right? Like where and I, the audience I, knows. Yeah. yeah. I do believe it was, and you can correct me here if I'm wrong, but I do believe it was the 2014 American Godzilla film, which, you know, <laughs> being a purist as yourself, you may have issues yeah. with. I actually remember seeing that in the theater for the first time and literally sitting in my seat doing this because I was so excited because the way that they played it, like he wasn't, it wasn't just Godzilla everywhere, much like this film zero like zero minus one is is he's not everywhere yeah. he they do they do time where he shows up which i think is the key to it but that 2014 yeah. film i believe is where they introduced the fact that he would have to ramp up and you yeah, would hear that that's... you would hear that sound yeah you know, where it would he... be for any length of time there are a couple of which like uh gmk he charges up but it's only a couple of seconds like it's exactly. not a, it's not a yeah it's not, but I, th um, I think the fact that it was this you're introducing almost yeah. this countdown aspect to it where he has to ramp up was yeah. one thing i think that came out of the american films that i actually enjoyed yeah but for anything for the for all of them introducing it this is the most effective use i've seen of it yeah. period so i mean I say that i feel like this is a match made in heaven here i'm really enjoying <laughs> I, should, I, I, I knew should. you liked Godzilla. I had no idea, Kirk. All I yep. uh, this I I but this is I'm just sitting back and watching because you guys know what you know your my stuff. Godzilla We're shelf is over there. Really? We're throwing acronyms around now. <laughs> GMK. Yeah. Um. I I should also just I mean I know we're talking about minus one. Yeah. And deservedly so, but I mean obviously right now at the same time you've got the Monarch TV series. Mm -hmm. on apple tv which is completely different as well and it's completely it's completely reimagining the american films and giving it a this whole underlying subcurrent of a new story which is very intriguing as well so see, see i haven't seen the monarch ones and neither have i i don't have apple i haven't TV. seen the monarch show <laughs> i've seen all the films about it but i haven't yep. seen the new series and i've actually heard the series is pretty good uh, I I have actually seen all of the series now. Um, can't really talk about all of it because some of it is embargoed because it hasn't screened yet. But I have actually been able to watch this the entire series. I will say that it does start out really strong, um, and then it kind of loses its way a little bit in the whole and all of the um, different levels of. Um, suspense and intrigue that they're trying to add in so it kind of gets a little muddled um towards episode six seven ish eight but it and it, it does end well and the way and it ends in a different way that sets up different things going into the film so i mean it starts it actually starts the film uh, uh this isn't a spoiler but it's actually set in 2015 the year after the American attack that happens in 2000, the 2014 film. But then by the end, it kind of ties into some of the other stuff that's going on, but it also leaves leeway for them to catch up. I actually enjoyed the the prospect of Russell, uh, of you have uh, Wyatt Russell playing his father at a younger age mm -hmm. and Kurt Russell playing the older character. And they have this one shot in the series where they literally zoom in on 
Kurt Russell's face and it slowly morphs into Wyatt's. And it's like, wow, they really do have the same bone structure in their face. It's insane how it the, the morph works. It, it's crazy. Anyways, <laughs> well, I no, just figured is, I'd mention that because it's this is now good. Too. No, this is good. Actually, this is a good launch pad, I think, in some because because here's the thing that Ben and I talk about this all the time. Um, can America make a Godzilla movie? Because mm. we, you know, we've seen the new films, and I, there are some that I will that I actually kind of enjoy, but yep. this one, this is the first Godzilla film minus one, and I, I mean, I obviously I'm not as well versed as you both in the in the Japanese uh, years. I know this is the 60th anniversary, but this is the first one that I saw the characters and I was in. Like I cared yep. about the people, and well, I mean. I, and I don't want to interject and step on your foot here, but for a lot of people entering Godzilla, and I'm sure Ben can agree with me on this, for a lot of people trying to enter the Godzilla world, they usually end up starting at the wrong place. Yes. Um, if you're going to start with Godzilla, I, I mean, for me, you either start at the very, very beginning and set the tone right away, or you start somewhere in the 90s where they really started reinventing and started taking the lore seriously you can't start with the 70s and 80s films no. and a lot of people start with the 70s and 80s films because what happens is starting in the mid 70s through to the mid to late 80s they just became sillier and sillier and sillier because the budgets were becoming less you know what i mean but and they were pumping them out quicker and quicker and quicker i mean some of them are really good but a lot of them are just you know manila that's all i'm going to say manila well in the studio you don't know who manila is do you that's i haven't exposed son. him to that i have not exposed no, him to that, that is yet. the no. son of godzilla and he goes around chasing bubbles and that's all i'm going to say <laughs> we see, don't need to manila was one step too far <laughs> but but see yeah, so when we think of godzilla and i say as a person who doesn't know a lot yep. about Godzilla. Um, when you think about Godzilla, a lot of times we think about the goofy ones. Yeah. Uh, that's, my that's, not, that's not the soul of Godzilla. I understand no. that. And yeah. I know, and Ben and I have talked enough that to, to, for me to understand the, the real meaning of it. Um, but it begs, it begs, I want to go back to the, the Americans here because time after time they try yeah. and, and, and they'll make money. Like Godzilla versus Kong yep. made money, and and I just thought it was an atrocious film. Like I didn't I didn't care about like mm -hmm. I thought the the last few minutes was was fun. Yeah, but I, they, I, can they make a good one? I mean, I personally really enjoyed the 2014 film. I thought it was well done. It's of of the newer ones, it's <laughs> for me it's still the high water mark of the newer of the newer American ones. Um, yeah, I hate that movie. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> which is funny. Which is funny, right? Like, I know a lot I of know... people don't like it. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, for just I mean, but that's the thing. It, you have the, I I enjoyed a, a good chunk of that, uh, especially this the way that they imagined the attack and having that whole set piece where there were actually people, the people on the train, where it wasn't just little, you know, puppets. And they actually had a full interaction on it. That that was really cool for me. But anyways, um, then you get into the Skull Island, which is it. It's Skull Island was fine. It had its moments, but it was kind of 
all over the place. Pretty good. I didn't mind it. It didn't it, it exactly, was... exactly. And then, um, the then you had what? Um, King of Monsters. Which King I of did Monsters, not like. which was their attempt to make like a mid '80s Godzilla movie, and it doesn't. It, but they're also trying to make it as, as a serious film. There's parts yeah. of that film that could have been ripped out of like Destroy All Monsters. Oh yes. You know what I mean? You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. But there's yeah. also parts where you're like, what is all this exposition and bullshit? Yeah. Um, so yeah. And the I, jokes, the needless jokes, every yeah, second the, line. It's it, it's it's I own it. Of course I own it. I'm the yeah, I own it. Yeah. You know, I I own well, not every Godzilla film, but a good chunk of them. I'm still waiting for a criterion to release the second box set because I'm, I'm hoping they do that. I'm really yeah. hoping they do that. <laughs> but um, but yeah, no, I mean, and then yeah, I mean, a lot of people had issues with Godzilla versus Kong. I again, the final 20, 30 minutes, the whole sequence where Mecca shows up and everything, really, really well done. But there are some issues yeah. going. So I mean, yeah, it, it's there their whole fascination with having to set up this whole connect interconnected storyline has both helped and hindered them. Yeah. And, and you could say that for the nineties as well. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah. um yeah, um the 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 I will say that the new TV series does a better job of connecting those dots than the movies leading into each other, at least so far. Mm-hmm. Um, it itself, like I said, still gets muddled down in some stuff, but it's 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 well done, and I really appreciated the fact that they didn't shy away from showing Godzilla in the new TV series. Like they spent money, <laughs> they spent some bank on it. So, but yeah, not, not to get so far away from our original topic, but yeah, no, it, it's it's interesting that the Americans still haven't quite. But to be fair. Um, a lot of the more recent uh, Godzilla films coming out of Japan have been kind of hit and miss as well. The anime ones, I've, yep. I watched the first one, fell asleep, and didn't watch the rest. Yeah, the, the whole anime <laughs> TV series was And just, the TV series was like, yeah, I watched until Godzilla showed up by then. I was like, I don't really care anymore. <laughs> I was just a big pass on that. And then, yeah. and, and Shin Godzilla is, is decent, but it's not, you know what I mean? Yeah. I like Shin Godzilla a lot. Yeah, get me wrong. It's not a. It's a good movie, yeah. but it's not like I mean. Minus one has reset. I don't think it's it's yeah. an understatement to say that minus one has reset the bar. I think and so reset too, yeah. the expectations. Like it's a top three, top yeah. five Godzilla film of all yeah. time. Like it's mm-hmm. that good. Yeah. So I don't think it's. I don't think it's. It's an understatement to say that it's just. In- Shin Godzilla is very inaccessible to the general audience, I think. Yep. It's a very good film and it tackles like almost every scene tackles some issue external to the film. You know, yep. like government bureaucracy, uh, the bombing unit that goes to bomb Godzilla halfway through the film from America is a descendant unit from the ones that bombed Japan in the war. Like there's little things that if you know your history, you'll you'll pull out. Yeah. But most people aren't going to do that research. They're going to get bogged down in the government meetings yeah the whole yeah. the whole shin series has been interesting to watch because it has been shin shin godzilla shin ultraman um shin Kamen rider which just came out last year yeah this i haven't year. seen that one yet this year yeah i haven't seen it yet i have seen it. shin Kamen rider it? it's it's 
it's got its moments, but it's also okay. a little silly too. If you know anything about the whole Cayman Rider series, you'll get more out of it than yeah. you will. Yeah, I don't. I don't know a lot about. It. I know more Ultraman. I'm with you. Godzilla. I'm with you. I, I didn't know a yeah. lot about it, but I knew enough about it. And all you really need to know about Cayman Rider is that if Power Rangers doesn't exist without Cayman Rider being first. Yeah. So, but anyway, but yeah, that was the whole the, the, that 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 whole universe was is actually a little different as well. But yeah. A minus one is just it, it's just it's weird how it works as yeah. well as it does because it's yeah. very because of the you have a cultural touchstones and the, they're talking about something very deeply japanese and cultural when you're talking about um the whole reaction after the war and and stuff like that but it's so done in such a way that it can translate so universally so perfectly mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know where they go from here. Like, I have no idea where Toho goes from here. <laughs> I, I do mean, not on the... want Godzilla minus two. I said that to Ben as soon as we left the theater. I said, I'd... <laughs> Godzilla minus two. I don't want that. I don't want them to because no. this is so good. I don't. Um, I don't know what they're gonna I, do. I think you have. They have one op. In my opinion, they have one option, which is to go completely the opposite way. If it was me, I just go the complete opposite direction and set it in the 80s and make it as ridiculously and ludicrously <laughs> insane as possible. Why not? <laughs> I don't know if that would work. I want to see Mothra redone in a similar style. Yeah, uh, that's fair. I mean, Mothra that's what is I want to see. Mothra is very much um uh a uh, misunderstood and in some ways not fully realized character. I mean, like mm-hmm. there's so much untapped potential in Mothra. Yes, yeah. And people that, go, that, what, "What do you mean? It's a giant moth? What is it?" There's a lot there. There's a lot <laughs> of untapped. <laughs> the whole lore with the Mothra lore and is, the twins yeah. and everything. There's a lot of yeah. untapped potential there. Oh, yeah, I think. Um, there's a lot that you could do with Rodan. I mean, mm-hmm. so, I mean, they have, uh, you know, so, but yeah, there's a lot of stuff, but yeah, it, it, I think the only, the only obvious for me reaction to this is just to go completely the opposite direction <laughs> and do something that is so not Godzilla well, minus one. In fairness, I think Legendary is going to do that for us next year. That's fair. <laughs> we'll see how that I, goes. <laughs> God, what is it? What is it? What are they calling Godzilla, it? Now? Godzilla X Kong. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. But to be fair, that's a very Japanese way of titling the film. Right now, it in, is. especially in anime, everything is spot is something X something. Yeah. Right. Um, like Spy Family, which is like one of the biggest animes out there, is not Spy Family, it's Spy X Family. So yeah, having the X in the middle of it is a very is right now very yeah. on brand for Japan. So yeah. and that goes back to at least in the Godzilla series, it goes back to Godzilla versus Megaguris. Yep. They had an X in the title. That was two thousand. That was two thousand. Yep. Yeah. It's funny how Godzilla two thousand wasn't actually released in two thousand. Nineteen ninety nine. Yeah. Well, you know, it, the funny thing is about this film. Going back to minus yep. one. Um, I like for me again, for me, what made it work is how they use Godzilla. Yep. And, and I don't just mean how they use him in the film per se. I mean, 
Godzilla feels like he means something again. And I think that, you know, one of the things we've seen in the films that I have liked from the series, the ones I've really liked are the ones that mean something more than the beast. And, and with him here, he's just such a force of nature. And, and the characters are actually well-written. Like I care about their journey. Uh, Shikishima's Shikishima's journey is relatable, even if it isn't. You know what I mean? I, I, it, it is a very specific story for a very specific cultural moment and and cultural story. This the Kamikaze pilot, um, nineteen forty five, end of World War Two. But the way that he's written is so well done and i think that's the thing you know that's the thing that i feel like is missing from the american films is that you know they want to get too fast to the monsters fighting each other yeah that you don't care why and and this particular film the the to see him grow and and wrestle with his demons if you will um, that hits different. That hits different. That they made it a story about people, yeah. as opposed to about monsters. And the monsters are, you know, monsters matter because the people matter. I think you just kind of skirted around and almost got to the point of why this works so much better than, say, the American versions. Is that in the American versions of the film, as much as we do have some love for them or, or you don't um, <laughs> a lot of the character development, a lot of the characters that are on screen are driven plot driven and character driven around Godzilla. Whereas in minus one Godzilla is just the force of nature that's in the film. And the character is dealing with his own stuff. He's not, it's not, uh, Shigashima's character is not just in existence to be a foil to Godzilla or he doesn't his whole existence isn't centered around Godzilla he doesn't care about Godzilla because he's dealing with his own internal battle yeah. and his own demons so because that his character is dealing with his own stuff and it's not just something that is written there to focus in on Godzilla it becomes more humanistic and it becomes a lot more grounded and I think that is a key difference if Amer the Amer the, a lot of the, the way that the Godzilla films have done centered around the monarch story and everything like this it's just a lot of the characters are there specifically just dealing with the monsters and it's like well you gotta have that's what minus one did differently it's just like no this is a very very human story based on true events that just happens to have godzilla in the background and i think that's probably why it works as well as it does yeah and godzilla like i mean yes he's, he still represents the atomic bomb and all that with with his atomic breath and all there's still that symbolism in the black rain and all that but What's also there for Godzilla this time is he represents Shikishima's trauma coming back to haunt him. So he's rooted to the main character and the main character's struggle. But his struggle, the main Shikishima's struggle is not about Godzilla per se. Godzilla is just a representation, a physical, a physical manifestation of that yep. in the story. He's the physical yeah. representation of his own personal demons. Yeah. And 
in the American Godzilla films, Godzilla doesn't really represent, I mean, he represents nature restoring balance, but what does that mean to our character? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, it's, it's so empty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and like, they've, I was really excited when they were going to do the 2014 one because we got that teaser trailer and they had a, a quote from Oppenheimer in it and like, all right, this is it. They're going to, they're going to do Godzilla justice. And, and then all that, all that anti-nuclear theming was sucked right out of Godzilla for that first movie. And I was like, well, now the American audience is going to go and they're never going to get the message Honda intended. And you know, Ben, I mean, we've talked about this a little bit. I want to be careful how I say this. I want to be, I want to make sure I say this sensitively, but Godzilla has always been in its most powerful as a metaphor for the bomb, the bombing of world war two. Whereas I'm not sure how the U.S. can replicate that sort of well, that's the thing drama. Yeah, like they, I you know they think it's about the monster. Yeah, but it's about well, most of America grew up on the '70s films and the '80s films. Yeah, and they yeah, and that's that's where they look to, and that's what they're trying to replicate. I mean, and and it's not like they haven't had some really intriguing directors and um creatives taking on these films right i mean i'm trying to remember particularly yeah gareth edwards did the the 2014 and adam wingard's doing the new one so it's like yeah these are talented directors it's just yeah. you know there's they're they're struggling because they don't have the same cultural touchstones i guess um yeah. that's where you're struggling it's a very hard uh, character to translate overseas it yeah. just is it is and i i so there is one thing though i will i want to talk a little bit um about um is that i mean as much as america has struggled with you know interpreting godzilla i didn't go into minus one expecting minus one to deliver the most effective homage to jaws i have ever seen on screen (laughs) and i was like wow it really is like there's that whole sequence on the, the 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 whole boat and the sea you know what i mean with the whole group and everything oh my gee i was like wow now he's just showing off because he's showing the americans how you actually interpret an yeah. american film in japan yeah well that, that's the sense i'm getting watching these i mean you can see all that they've pulled from the monster verse you can see a lot pulled from the monster verse in in the new japanese godzilla movies, both shin godzilla and this one yeah but they do it right. <laughs> they co- they correct the flaws of the American ones as they they go about doing these things. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> well, I mean, and to be fair, the mine the one thing that minus one does that that they did, which was smart, which was the, was just to kind of take it all away from anything that's being associated with the American one, anyways, by setting yeah. it back. And, you know, by setting it back at the war and closer to the original, you're just kind of avoiding all of the mess and you're kind of yeah. just digging it out of it and saying, no, this is something different. You know what? This is going to be the, stra- the strange comparison from the outsider. Okay. Um, this is the 60th anniversary. Yes. 60 or 70? 70th. 70th. 70th anniversary. My apologies. Um, it was interesting watching it because, again, like Ben has been working hard over the years to educate me on my on my kaiju and Godzilla films. He's been working hard, but I could see, you know, and I caught the I caught the you know the original 
announcement music and all this stuff. I caught all that stuff and I caught some references. Progress. We're getting progress. <laughs> yeah, I know we're getting it. But it, it's funny because in some ways it's a little funny to me because uh, this seems like a celebration of 70 years of Godzilla. It is. And this a is... month ago, a month ago, we also got Wish, which was a celebration of all things Disney. And that has been absolutely destroyed. But it tried to do a similar thing. It took, it tried it... to give you, hey, let's, let's, we did all these things over the last hundred years and now we're going to do them on film. But it doesn't hit the same. And, it, and this feels new. It still feels new. Godzilla minus one feels new and it feels fresh, even though it's set in 1945, even though that they're throwing in these these things to hint at other other films from all that time. And this is a film which this is honestly, I think it might not be my in my top 10 films of the year, but it might be because it's a great film. It's it's easily in the top 10 for me for this year, easily. Um, I mean, I, I don't know what to tell you about Wish. I mean, all of the advertising ahead of Wish was awful. Um, the trailer, I didn't looks, know Wish was coming out. The trailer looks terrible, but whereas this is the opposite, I mean, it's it, it, it embraces the concept of Godzilla by saying, you know what, we're gonna ignore all of this stuff and we're gonna go back to the roots, but yeah, um. Yeah, I don't know why we're talking about Wish to be. No, honest. I brought no. Sorry, I brought it up because it it is meant to be a culmination, a celebration, a party for a hundred years of Disney. Yeah, and with Godzilla minus one, it is it, you see that you see what they're trying to do here, but it still feels fresh. It's a seventieth birthday party for Godzilla, but it still yeah. feels like it matters. And and I think that that's really impressive, and that's why I compare them. They're totally different films. I'm not I'm not saying they're similar in any way, other than the fact that they are anniversary parties. And, well, and I mean, this is done beautifully. I think another part of it is, and and you know I could be wrong here, but this is just me speculating. Um, we know how Disney likes to run the studio. I mean how they've dealt with marvel over the last 25 years should tell you exactly how they run everything is kind of regimented and i mean that can lead to some good films and it leads to continuity but it also can what it can also possibly do is stifle personal creativity and the difference between that is like toho read was it yamazaki script and was just like do it you know what i mean it wasn't they they didn't sit there and say, well, you need to do this to tie into this and you need to do this to tie into the, you know what I mean? They yeah. just read the script, love the script and said, you know what, do it. And from the most part, I mean, Toho didn't really have much to do or much to say with the production, especially since they, it's such a, the funny thing. It, it, it's so opposite to what Toho was traditionally <laughs> being. <laughs> yeah, and and they were yeah. yeah very much so. And you look at the budget of this compared to, like I mean, this is yeah. I think it's like one tenth of the budget of even Wish, which is an animated film. Yeah, like, it's less. It's, it's less than the fifteen million figure being thrown around. Yeah. Yamazaki has said, "I wish it was that much." <laughs> the fifteen yeah. is including a lot of the it probably is work, yeah a lot of the post work. That was done put into it with the translations with you know a lot of it other be, things yeah. like that it's including a lot of other stuff that yamazaki yeah. had nothing to do with 
Yeah, but he didn't. He didn't have access to that to make the movie. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It, it. It. I. From what I heard, it's even less than ten of what he had for. That a wouldn't surprise project. me. Yeah. And that's crazy. Mm-hmm. And you think about what he's been able. I mean, that if there's any film, and and this is the weird. And what I'm going to say is going to sound weird, but it's true. If there's any film out there right now that best represents what you can get done on a smaller budget. It's minus one. Yeah. Because I stack minus one up against any of these big, I mean, the effects work and the work done in minus one for me is just on par with something like uh, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning. And Dead Reckoning costs $255 million to make. I think that's the number. That would not surprise me. (laughs) I know it's well over $200 million that it costs to shoot that film. And it's like, but then again, they don't. They shot uh, Dead Reckoning Part One and Two, One and Two back to back. So it could, you know, you don't know how that plays out. But still, that's like I mean, it's not even five percent of that budget that they use to make minus one. You need, did you need talented people that are at that def that are dedicated to wanting to do something, and that's that's how you get this film let's let's talk about uh the film itself here the characters within the film a a little bit here because um shikishima's journey which we talked about a little bit before i think is fascinating it is it is absolutely riveting um but what we see is we see as we talked a little bit about a man dealing with his trauma with ptsd um he he has been blamed for not fulfilling his mission as kamikaze pilot and at the end of the film of course he has the opportunity to do that and he does not uh and and i would love to hear from you both uh a little bit about your feelings about that decision and and just his journey as a whole well if you want to go first ben that's okay yeah i I got some things to say but you might want to go first (laughs) i wonder if we have the same things to say fair enough (laughs) maybe maybe not um so basically the decision of him not to go through with it at the end i was a little mixed on because i i get it thematically the whole theme is live you know don't don't throw your life away for for a war basically um but at the same time self-sacrifice to kill godzilla has been a key element in the Japanese films, like in the original film, and even the second one, Godzilla raids again. There's a, a major death at the end. Spoiler, uh, spoiler <laughs> for, for for a nearly seventy year old movie. <laughs> yeah. Um. There's a major death at the end that that gives the rest of the characters an in to kill Godzilla, basically. Yeah. And so, him not sacrificing himself to kill Godzilla at the end of this film was a bit of a flip in that way um but it works thematically again because the whole theme yeah so i was okay with it where whereas um yeah normally i i would have been like oh he 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 should have gone like because that was that's just the way that the godzilla tradition goes but yeah but i was okay with it and even even at the at the end where the woman's still alive it was the same thing Mm. i was like you know this this feels like a hollywood ending yeah, uh, it reminded me of War of the Worlds, where the kid 
I mean, it's been a very long time since I saw that movie. Oh, the, the Tom Cruise the, one? Yeah, yeah. But the kid, doesn't he run over a hill and there's this big explosion and you think he's dead and then he's just at home at the end of the movie? Yeah. And it's like, you have your happy Hollywood. It, it reminded me of that, the way that she was alive in the hospital at the end. But again, because it was so tied to the theming of the movie, he'd he'd gotten past his trauma and he mm. was free to live again. I was okay with it. But it took two viewings for me to be okay with that. <laughs> well, here's the thing. And this is not just a, a context of Godzilla films. There's a lot of, it's it's something that happens a lot in Japanese cinema, I find these mm. days. And maybe even more so in Korean cinema. But there's these, there's this big, big need for these big melodramatic moments to happen towards the end of a film. And I mean, my biggest example that I could just spout off the top of my head is the end of ending of train to Busan, the Korean film. You know what I mean? You build after two hours of this whole ludicrous zombie stuff. And you have that want that scene at the end. And I'm not going to spoil another film on this podcast, but (laughs) My point is that there's a there. It's just the, it's just the nature of the way that the cinema is right now in in Japan and Korea and stuff like that. There's this big, big lean towards melodrama and these big moments. And I find with with Japanese and Korean cinema, it's like there's you, there's a lot of times where those those big moments aren't earned, but then when they are earned and the film has developed and earned those moments well enough those are the ones that stick with you and i think minus one earns its ending now my take on the whole part with uh shigashima and and the ending is that i think it's not just that you know he's shirking response you know you you can talk about that and you know the, the the grand sacrifice and everything but the the more important part of that whole thing for me is the fact that it's Tachibana who gives him permission to live. And I think mm-hmm. that says more about it was, says more about him um, going through with the self-sacrifice than it, than it would have if he did um, is the fact that here's the guy who blamed him for everything and um, blamed him for not for shirking his duty and, and hated him for so many years for not doing what he was supposed to do, giving him permission to live. Uh, that was a bigger, and as much as you're saying the statement of the self-sacrifice, yes, understand, understand 100% where you're coming from, especially in the Godzilla theory. I think the fact that he's given permission to live is oh, yeah. a bigger statement. Yeah, no, it worked. That's what I meant by it worked thematically. And it, I was like, yeah, yeah. And, you mean, have it's not, that... and it's not just, there's touch of Anna forgives him, but there's also his neighbor. She she runs up when when well first when she finds out what he's gonna do she she's horrified but can't do anything about it but when he survives remember she runs up to him with the note and yep. hits him <laughs> yep yeah I mean yeah. it's 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 the it's the other people in his yeah. life actually giving him permission to live that yeah. I think is a bigger message yeah and then and then you have that one scene at the end where if you haven't gone through this whole journey with him. Like if it hasn't been as impactful as it actually is, that the tacked on scene with her in the end and her saying that one line is your war over yet. I mean, that yeah. doesn't hit unless everything else has worked. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That but that one line, oof, 
Ooh, that hit me like a ton of bricks. Yeah. When she says that, it because of how effective everything else was. When she says that, it's just because it. He's never at one point in time, in the film up to that point, said that to her directly, for her to actually realize that that's what he needed to hear in that moment. Done, just done. That just floored me. So. I adore what you're saying, Kirk. I really do because uh, that, to me, honestly, the he's given permission to heal. That hits different. I mean, this idea that, but because he's prepared to sacrifice himself, he is prepared. Mm -hmm. He's going. He's still taking a risk. Yeah. Um, you know, and and but that's what I loved about this, and this is, I think, shows real maturity for any film for any film not just not just a godzilla film because i don't want to speak too much but i mean this idea like a marvel film for example usually ends by who can do the biggest punching the most punching mm. and and in this particular film yes there's a bit of that but he doesn't have to do it himself yeah. he doesn't have to do it himself the the real journey the war is within himself and the because so much of the film is people pointing fingers at him yeah it it really is and and to hear that moment to be told you're allowed i it's a moment of grace it's a moment of forgiveness yeah. um it's almost like that that is incredibly beautiful and I've never said that about a film like this before. It's a beautiful moment. It really is. There's um, so much of his guilt that's that he's attached and wrapped up to just like as much as in Godzilla is a physical embodiment of his demons, Tachibana is the physical embodiment of his guilt. Yeah. And for his own like for him, for Tachibana in that moment to say live. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, you know, his guilt kind of saying it's time. You know, it's 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 so well done, and I, I really, I mean, I before that, that plays out the way that it does, and he's where he's you see the whole part where he's so insistent on finding touch of, and I was like, okay. You know, you're getting we're getting a little off track trying to track down the one character. You know what I mean? But when you see the way that it's played out, I understood. Yeah. But it's just one of if if there was one part of the film where I was kind of like, okay, we're enough of this. You know what I mean? It was it was getting into that part, but then when it plays out, you're like, okay, now I understand why they invested that time. Yeah. I get it. The movie's very tightly written like that. Yeah, and I, the, the fact that Tachibana comes back after all that time, he he was set up in the first scene of the movie. Yeah, to come back for that. Yeah, I mean, I love I love it when something when a film and a and a screen like a screenwriter and something can do something like that where they can take you to a point where it's like, well, I don't understand why this is, and then fifteen minutes later you're like, oh, you know what I mean? Yeah. When you can do something like that, it's it's yeah. Yeah. it goes back to the writing and as good as the directing in this film is i think his writing is even better and and you know what is i think 
been like you you know it's funny like i admit to when the when the woman was all right i was like okay but yeah. i no, i i agree it earns it i agree it earns it and this idea of let's live let's live and live together let's come together and just live forward i think is so powerful and so yep. so current like i cannot speak for the Japanese emotional state after I cannot, I refuse, to, I, I won't take that, but it, this feels like a film that couldn't have been done 70 years ago with that ending. Mm -hmm. um, maybe it could have been, I, I don't mean to speak for others, but I, it feels like this is, this is a, a very significant fin, uh, uh, ending to this film. I mean, and and you're right. Um, having the uh, uh, I don't even remember her name in the film, but um, having her survive that blast, it, you're you're kind of like, you know, especially when you're dealing with, um, you know, the forties, fifty. I think it's I think they're in the fifties by then. I I can't no, be it was sure. Forty seven. I think it was forty seven. Forty seven. Yeah. So for they're forty seven. I mean, you know, I mean, it's not like they were doing a lot surgically then um so i mean you know hospitals were you know what they are but um at the same time i mean it it's weeks after that thing where they find where she finally is able to find him you know yeah. so i mean that rang true but at the same time yeah. it's a little bit of a fanciful fanciful yeah it's the fantasy ending you know what i mean yeah. it's the wizard of oz ending and and by then, I don't hate it because it, I feel that it, that as an audience, we've earned the right to see him happy. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. We've gone through this journey with him through everything, and we've we've kind of lived with his despair for two hours. I mean, you you want to see this guy? Ha you want to see this character happy? So I didn't. I mean, I I yeah. if I wanted to sit back technically and really delve into it yeah there's all sorts of issues with it but as a viewer who's gone through the previous two hours i'm just like no i'm good this this is going to send me home on the right note and give well, a her, bit yeah give there's her a bit the of last a, line oh, yeah yeah there's a bit of a hint to how she survived i don't know if either of you picked it up on her neck at the end yep the camera zooms did you notice that I did notice something. There's a little mark on her neck, and it's not explained what it is, but it is moving. Yep. And the, the speculation online, anyway, is generally that it has something to do with Godzilla, um, either his cells or something somehow infected her, and Fair that would enough. be how she survived. You know, his healing, his healing ability. Yeah, I mean um, there is. Yeah, there is that. But I mean, there's speculation because because that's focused on at the end, and then it just cuts, and there's no explanation yeah. of what that is. They've left that wide open too, and yeah. I and I understand that. I mean, the other another while if you want to get into wild speculation, there's also been other wild speculation that she might be somehow related to or descended from the 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 guardians of Mothra, and that's kind of why she can that she she survived too. I've heard that theory too. That's an interesting one. Um, but, but um, yeah, no, I, no. I, I don't want to get too much into that. Not but that, no. you are right. They There's something shown there. Yeah, that, it was that's something. their that's their door to go back and 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 to follow up. But to be honest, yeah. I I'm I'm happy with where it yeah. is. Yeah, 
I'm really yeah. happy with where it is. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know what you you do to follow that up, but yeah. I don't know. Like I said, like you, that's why I suggested Mothra, not to follow up on her story, but to start fresh. The same idea in that it's a whole new take on a new character with you know well, on, on another monster, not necessarily big... directly connected. Like the old movies where they weren't really yeah. connected. There's the big three: the the Godzilla, yeah. Mothra, and Rodan. Those are the big three in the Godzilla yeah. universe. Yeah. We didn't even talk about this. Yeah, this was the number one film for like a week yeah. in North American box office. It's made more money here than in Japan. Yes, yeah. I went on a Sunday night, and there was well over a hundred other people in the theater with me. And the thing that amazed me the most, because I watched two movies that night, because I'm trying to play catch up. I haven't been able to see a lot, so I'm trying to catch up with a bunch of stuff that I haven't seen yet. Um, I went to a second film that night where there was 15 people in the theater and none of them would shut up. I went to Godzilla and everybody was just quiet and invested. And it was like refreshing. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, I, I want to let this keep going, but we are out of time. Yeah. It's, it's been a good chunk, but yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it's been incredible. The, to wrap it up, you guys need to see Godzilla minus one, and you need to see it in a theater. Okay, well, yeah. wait a second here. Let me screen it or skip it. Jump it. You, I, I always do my screen it or skip it. Go, go ahead. All right. <laughs> Godzilla minus one. Screen it or skip it. In the biggest, with the biggest screen you possibly can. Yeah, screen it. Yeah. I, yeah. I've heard I mean, it's been extended again, so yep. go. And you, there's even it's Christmas break. Go. <laughs> there is even there is even I've heard plans to bring the black and white version to American theaters sometime late February, early March. Not I confirmed. So. Not I confirmed yet. It. But and, and if they do it, it'll be more of a special event type thing. It won't be a traditional run like the, yeah. like this one's getting right now. But I've heard. I've heard case that they're talking about possibly bringing it in. Yeah. Um, I hope it we got complete, a long wait for a Blu-ray. <laughs> after you know, after it's completed its run in 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 Japan, and they want to time it up more with the physical release. And apparently, right now, the the physical release they're thinking about is going to be sometime around March. Oh, really? Yeah, the, it, it, it's still <laughs> very be... <laughs> it's still all very preliminary. But I'm hearing. Oh, March, I hope they time it for March. I'm gonna in be March, in Japan, Marchish, <laughs> um, and that that they might release the black and white version in in theaters a couple of weeks before the digital and home version comes out, kind of tied in. At least this this is all speculation, and it's yeah. all just you know, but Toho early stage planning. But that's what I've heard. This is this is definitely a screen. It for me, it goes without saying. I really do think this may be one of my favorite films this year. That's saying a lot. Mm -hmm. Um. But I, I do got to pull the cord, guys. Yep. Um, <laughs> no, no, we got time. We got... <laughs> um, is there anything you want to promote before we before we wrap up? Godzilla, go see it. <laughs> <laughs> of yours. Oh no. <laughs> um, you you, you know, uh, my handle is Movie Junkie To, so you can see that out on. I guess that's it's X now and. Uh, um some other places probably like insta and stuff like that but yeah i know and i do still do some writing for um 
in the seats. So, I mean, I actually think I have to do a Shaw Brothers film, uh, a Shaw Brothers pick, uh, release out right up after I'm done here. So <laughs> there's, there's a big, there's a big Shaw Brothers retrospective launching on, uh, I think it's a movie um, this weekend. So I have to write something up about that. But yeah, I mean, that's hard, Ooh, hard. It's not like I haven't seen half the films already. Um, <laughs> yeah, the shop, getting into Shaw Brothers is a whole different, completely different uh, conversation, but yes. So anyways, <laughs> Yes, definitely go see Godzilla minus one. It's fantastic. I appreciate that. I appreciate that, guys. Honestly, I this, there's a nuclear energy here between the two of you, and it's <laughs> it's amazing to watch. Um, for you at home, a reminder: you can find us wherever podcasts are available. We are taking a bit of a break over over the holiday season, but there are interviews uh, interviews that have been dropping, and more episodes. We will be back uh, in January with our top movie moments of 2023. Um, and, but, uh, so you can find us and you can always like, and subscribe to us on YouTube. And if you go to the podcast page on screenfish.net, you can download fishing for more, which are some small group questions to help you get the conversation started where you are. Um, but gentlemen, thank you so much. This has been so much fun. Um, and for you at home, we started the conversation. This was Screenfish. <laughs>